Welcome to The Inner Circle, the podcast where The Radius Group, a team of experienced wealth advisors, brings you inside the circle of smart financial planning. With a network of industry experts, The Radius Group discusses the latest trends while sharing timeless wealth management techniques. So whether you're looking to optimize your portfolio, minimize taxes, or plan for your future, The Inner Circle is here to provide exclusive and valuable insights. Thanks for joining us for another session with The Inner Circle. This is Tiffany Kellner, and today we have a special guest with us from Washington. Shane Lieberman is a federal affairs manager with UBS Americas and the U.S. Office of Public Policy. So here, Shane gets to work with senators, members of Congress, and their staff on taxes, pensions, and retirement issues that impact UBS and all of our clients. So Shane has worked uh, on Capitol Hill for about 22 years now and is a great asset to our UBS team. So thank you, Shane, for joining us. Thank you, Tiffany. It's great to be with you today. Well, we'll go ahead and get right into it because I know we have a whole lot to talk about when it comes to Washington. Um, Now, luckily, Congress is out of session right now, which gives you more free time to come visit Dayton, Ohio. But when they come back into session in September, uh, I'm sure they will have a full plate. Can you give us a preview of the fall schedules for Congress? Absolutely. You know, August is my favorite month of the year, and part of it is for that reason where Congress is <laughs> not in D.C. and you get to um, come out and, and speak with you and anyone else that's interested. And it's really important that they're out of uh, session right now because they have such a full plate when they come back uh, into session and right after Labor Day that a lot of behind-the-scenes uh, work needs to be done. You know, looking at the calendar – at the end of September, you have a number of items that uh, expire. You know, uh, the farm bill expires, the Department of Defense authorization expires, government funding expires, mm. and those are just a few examples. But those three are really big items. And if you look at Congress's schedule right now, they're only scheduled to be in session for 11 days in September. So this is going to lead to a circumstance likely where some things don't actually happen. They'll do you know, kind of a short-term patch, probably on like the Farm Bill and Department of Defense authorization. Um, But the government funding, you know, needs to be addressed in some way or we'll have a government shutdown. And I think, you know, right now what we're seeing is there is a fair chance that there will be a government shutdown. So they have their work cut out for them and, you know, they may end up falling short on some of these items in September. So government shutdown certainly sparks some fear and worry and concern for a lot of investors. Uh, You know, what is that impact that we should be focusing on? Right. Yeah, no, there is a real world impact. You know, I think what we've seen, though, historically is the impact on the markets is not as great as we think it can be. If you um, kind of lay out the circumstances where in previous history – you know, we've had government shutdowns. A lot of them are very short, you know, even a few hours to, you know, one or two days. Um, and those don't really have a market impact. Uh, in other circumstances where you've had a prolonged government shutdown, there has been some impact. And, you know, we have been talking to our chief investment office at uh, UBS and they're they're looking into this and, and kind of crunching the numbers. But I And we'll, we expect that there'll be publishing a report uh, right after Labor Day. But I think what the gist is there is that, you know, the shutdown actually 
you know, has not uh, produced a, a huge negative impact to the market. I think the lead up to the shutdown has where you have that, you know, kind of anxiety and media driven hype about such a shutdown. So I, I think, you know, we should be aware of that, but also keep an eye out for the CIO uh, report in September, you know, but there's so many other things going on um, in D.C. and around the globe that do probably have uh, maybe a, a larger impact that we should be aware of with, you know, this uh, ongoing tension with China, the, right. the war in Russia, uh, Ukraine, et cetera. So there are just so many balls in the air. But I think the, um, the government shutdown is kind of the one in September I'm most keeping my eye on. Um, and, you know, there will be some market impact, but I don't think it's as great as many people are concerned about. Oh, and that's good to hear because you're right. The the almost fabricated fear that's created by the media when it comes to things like the government shutdown is is hard to control. But, you know, the more aware we are what's happening, you know, that certainly helps. But China, China does seem to be uh, a big topic of worry and concern. So let's take a second and drill down a little bit more. You mentioned China. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, what you can see there. Yeah, no, obviously, you know, the U.S.-China relationship has been strained. And earlier this year with the um, balloon going across America, um, that, that surveil- Chinese surveillance balloon, you know, that made tensions even worse. Even for a period of time, there were no, um, you know, conversations between the U.S. and China at high levels. Um, uh, those high level conversations have resumed, but I think what, what we see coming down the pike is going to cause – additional tensions between the U.S. and China. You have um, uh, in Congress um, some really tough legislation being worked on that would uh, push back on China on a number of fronts, um, including, you know, technology, uh, investment. Um, At the same time, you have the Biden administration preparing uh, some tough on China regulations about uh, similar topics. So I think you're this fall we'll see some action on uh, China from uh, Washington D.C. That China will not receive that well, and they will probably try and retaliate in some way. Retaliation probably is going to be economic uh, here. So you know, while while I've talked to people who are concerned about you know some kind of something going wrong and and escalating to a military conflict, I don't expect that. But I, I think there will be economic tensions for the remainder of the year at the very least uh, that could cause some disruptions in the market. Mm, always a concern whenever uh, whenever you, you have worries like that, that that make that headline news as well. Uh, well, let's shift gears for a, a second. Um, as you can imagine, most of our listeners and the clients that we work with, taxes are always a hot topic of conversation. Uh, So we know that most of the 2017 tax bill is set to expire at the end of 2025, and and certainly we expect to be hearing more from Washington about that. Can you give us uh, what baseline expectations we should have or what storylines we need to pay the most attention to when it comes to taxes? Yeah, that's right. I think this is um, because it expires in 2025 and we have this major election uh, in between we're not really thinking about this as you know collective, but and I think we should be. So I think this is a great uh, topic for us to discuss because, you know, we need to be adequately prepared. And you know, there are so, a few basic scenarios. You know, one Republicans win the election, 
uh, next year, two Democrats will sweep the election, or three, we still have some form of divided government. And each of those three provides a different, you know, outcome to what happens when these uh, tax uh, provisions expire at the end of 2025. Republicans win the election. I think you see a continuation of of most of the tax law uh, as it relates to individuals, you know, estate taxes, uh, uh, the standard deduction, uh, the salt cap may be refined, but I think it will still in some way be uh, in place. So I think there are a lot of uh, things for us to think about there, you know, okay, so estate tax, we'll use that as an example, you know, continuation versus if Democrats win the election, you could see the exemption level on estate taxes cut in half. Um, so that is a real world consequence. And if that is the uh, outcome, you know, I think for, you know, our listeners and clients who care uh, and are concerned about what does that mean for them, this provides an opportunity now to just start doing some basic planning and being ready in case that is the outcome of the election. Um, and then the third scenario is, you know, some kind of divided government where you have some kind of mix where certain things are renewed, some certain things expired. It's more of a give and take. You know, I would say that if Democrats do win the elections, you know, not all of the 2017 tax cuts expire. I think they renew some things and they make changes to other pieces. So it, it's not a kind of a um, black or white of who wins. Hmm. Here's your outcome. There'll be a give and take. And it depends actually how big their majorities may be. You know, um, last uh, year when uh, Democrats were pushing the build back better, Kirsten Sinema, Democrat senator from uh, Arizona, who's now actually an independent, you know, she pulled back on some things. So, mm. you know, Democrats have some areas that they would still like to pursue. But if Kirsten Sinema remains the deciding vote, they may not be able to go as far as they would like. So very fluid, but important for us to be talking and thinking about it now. Yeah, and that's and that's always great advice because it may be too early to know which direction it's going to go, but it's not too early to start planning and thinking about um, you know what some of the consequences might be and what type of adjustments to the plan we need to be thinking about uh, to be ready for it. But and it's hard to believe that the election is now just uh, a little over a year away, and we're certainly seeing campaigns start to you know heating up already. Um, can you give us a little update on yeah. where things stand as we speak? Yeah, I think um, in one respect, I'm glad I don't live in Iowa right now because everyone is <laughs> coming to Iowa. But, you know, I, the on the Republican side, you have the first debate um, uh, just about two weeks away, August 23rd. Still unknown if Pres President Trump will attend. He has said he won't. But, you know, I think everything going on with President Trump and his indictments, you know, poses real challenge for other Republicans running for president. You know, um, it's really hard for them to, you know, get airtime. All the oxygen in the room is being sucked up by President Trump. So it really um, hurts those other, you know, potent uh, candidates from from rising up. And I think what you're seeing from Republicans is, you know, President Trump still has a very strong base of support. And then other Republicans who are looking for a different candidate, you know, they're spread uh, among the different candidates now. So I think the debate may serve to help one of the other candidates, whether it be, 
you know, Senator Tim Scott, Governor DeSantis, former Governor Haley, or someone else like a, a former Vice President Pence rise and and be that alternative candidate to President Trump. So, you know, I think those who want to move away from Trump are really looking for that to happen or else, you know, Trump will be unbeatable in the Republican primary. On the Democrat side, you know, President Biden is, is running. I still think actually there's, you know um, – a chance he actually bows out of the race, you know, not a big chance, maybe like 20 percent. And, you know, if if he continues to run, he will be the nominee from the Democrats. I think it would get very interesting if he chose not to run. I think he's um, positioned himself to run, but also on purpose, because some of the things he's had to do uh, this year, um, like the debt ceiling and this upcoming um, kind of showdown on government funding. He needs to be running because if he is not running and he does plan on not running, you know, he can't announce that because he loses a lot of his negotiating power. At the end of the day, though, I think he really wants to run for a second term and he wants to beat uh, Donald Trump again. Um, so I think he does run, but you know, as as we all know, Washington get a, can get a little exciting, and you never know what's going to happen. So, I think um, while the majority of Americans don't want to see a, a a Trump Biden rematch, right now that's where we're heading. Wow, and exciting is probably a good word to use for it. It certainly sounds like there's you know several different variables that are going to come into play, and certainly more clarity we're going to see over the next several months and and debates as they go through, but. Uh, it will make your job even more interesting in Washington as we see sessions kind of move back in that right direction. Yeah, the, fa the fall and uh, will be a fast and furious in D.C., but it, it, <laughs> it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be fun. Right. Well, well, thanks again, Shane, for making time with us today. As always, we appreciate your insights and look forward to you joining us again sometime down the road. Uh, and thanks to all of you for tuning in again. And until next time. Today's episode features financial advisors with UBS Financial Services Incorporated, a subsidiary of UBS Group AG, member FINRA, SIPC, located at 3601 Rigby Road, Miamisburg, Ohio, and can be reached at radiusgroup at ubs.com. This podcast is presented for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. It does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any specific product or service. UBS does not provide legal or tax advice, and we would recommend listeners to obtain appropriate independent professional advice. Some of the views and opinions expressed may not be those of UBS Group AG or its affiliates. UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. These services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that you understand the ways in which we conduct business and that you carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review client relationship summary provided at ubs.com forward slash relationship summary.